Hey guys, welcome back. This is Couch Takes, episode 5, I want to say. So if you like the episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We post some great content on there to keep you up to date with what's going on around here. So we wanted to open up our episode this week with um, something fun, you know, because here at Couch Takes, we like to do fun things and uh, talk about you know, the great things that are going on in our lives. So I think <laughs> yeah. that's a segment we're going to open up with every week. So I'm going to go first, and I wanted to talk about the Avengers Endgame trailer, which I thought was really awesome, and the Toy Story 4 trailer, which I did not expect that came out also this past week, which I thought was really, really good too. Wait, the they released the trailer for Toy Story 4? Yeah, they did, and it was awesome. I, I, I didn't see that. I'm freaking speechless. I love Toy Story. I can't believe I didn't see that. Oh yeah, no, you gotta go check it out. So it's like for sure. I I have I've only watched it one time because I'm not one of those people who will sit there and watch the trailer 17 billion times to analyze it. You know? Oh yeah. But definitely. I just get you know like if it's something cool, I get excited about it. So I was like, okay, let me watch this. And so okay, so what's his name? Woody. Woody meets like because you know at the end of Toy Story three they had um that new girl like Andy gave them to a new kid. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of like where it starts off, and like they're still with that girl, and the girl makes, like builds, like you know, like arts and crafts, makes a toy, and she makes like a like a toy out of a spork, and okay. then the spork is like panicking, like you know, I'm only supposed to be for chilies and soups and stuff like that, and he tries to leave, and then it's like gonna devastate the girl, so Woody goes and tries to save the spork. Okay, this. This is creating some sort of ethical dilemma for me because is every inanimate object in this in this universe all of a sudden you see, know like I, intelligible? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, and I think what they were trying to get across is since she like put arms and legs and like googly eyes on well, the yeah. spork and like in her heart it was a toy. That's what brought it to life. That's just that's so, what I'm gonna go with. So strange to me because oh, like no, it is, this but girl, I think it's awesome. I think it's going to make a great concept. I'm just saying this girl created life, Andrew. Like, oh, you, oh no, I know. It, it it blows my mind. Well, don't... Well, I mean, can't all women create life? That is also a good point. Yeah. But I meant like... <laughs> yeah, not with their hands, but like, you know what I'm saying. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, so what it's about crazy. this... What about this Avengers? Thing? Okay, yeah. So, um, well, I don't... Ah, oh, gosh. Well, I guess it's not ruining it because it's in the trailer. So, like, you know, I was talking about Captain Marvel. Was it last week or the week before? Uh, I think it was the week before. Okay, so anyway, if you didn't see my Instagram Live, I talked about it on an Instagram Live last week. I thought it was really, really cool. And so, you know, the movie ends. You know, there's an end um, end credits scene just like every other Marvel movie, if you know, like if you watch them. And she, basically the movie ends with her being like, hey, where's Nick Fury? You know, because if you watch the end of Infinity War, you know he, like, turned to dust and all this kind of stuff, and he had called her. So the trailer for Endgame kind of expands on that at the end, and she's, like, talking to Thor. And it was it was cool. I don't know. I'm really excited about it, but the movie's going to be awesome. You know, the directors have already said, because they've done it in the past, where they'll include scenes in the trailer that got put on the cutting board for the movie. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know like what's going to be in the movie. Like they do that literally to throw you off, but it looks epic. You know, there's a scene in the trailer where they're all wearing the same uniform, which is something that we've never seen in the Avengers. And like, cause you know, they all have their own thing, like the Iron Man suit. Thor's got his God oh, so you're stuff saying, on. So you're saying like they have like a like a uniform between all of them? 
Yeah, yeah, like they're all wearing, it's like a white, like it looks like it has armor on, and then it has like the Avengers logo on the left breast. Okay, that's a neat concept. Yeah, because, I don't know I mean, what like, I don't know what it is, but it like, looks listen, awesome. You know my take on Marvel, but it's like I I yeah, mean the, the Avengers take. Look, the Avengers are like a team, right? Yeah, that's and what I, they I get are. It. The I know, world's and, and, greatest superheroes. And they get like I get it. Okay, they're they're a team and they're all their own person, so they're all Iron Man or Captain America or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like seems like the uniform should have come in a little bit sooner, maybe. <laughs> See, my thing is I think for the longest time, and it really showed in, um, I, we're going like super deep into this. So like in Civil War, like in that, um, that was Captain America Civil War. It really showed that like the whole time, yeah, they might have been a team and they might have been working together. They, in Civil War, it really showed that they were all kind of like individuals who were just put together because all their powers made them really stronger together. See, okay. now I think they're like really showing this is the first time where they are a team. Like they are united and there's no way they can defeat the enemy, you know, Thanos, without everybody being on the same page and like coming together. Okay, that makes sense. So for my thing that I chose that I wanted to talk about, it's not necessarily something that like anyone can relate to, but it happened to me and I just thought it was super neat because you don't meet many people like this. So. I work with a guy, well, he's an older guy, his name's Eddie, and I noticed a few months back that he had uh, a little bobblehead of Paul Stanley on his desk, and if you don't know, Paul Stanley is the lead singer of Kiss, and that's my favorite band, so me and him started talking about that, and then, Wait, you know, I, what? Paul what? Stanley? Yeah. I thought it was Gene Simmons. <laughs> well, Gene Simmons is also, uh, he also sings, but it's like Paul Stanley's the front man. Okay, gotcha. I was not aware of that. Yeah. So Okay, uh, continue, continue. Yeah, Kiss is one of those bands where everyone sings, just Paul and Gene sing the most. So anyway, I was talking to Eddie because I know like I'm going to a Kiss concert next month and Eddie's going to one next month, so we were talking about that. And Eddie said like, "Yeah, I'm not super excited about this one because because I've been to a bunch of them and he said, you know, this is just the last one, so I got to go cuz they're on their farewell tour right now." Eddie tells me that he has been to 34 Kiss concerts in the past. That blew that's my insane. mind. Yeah, that's insane. There's no way that's true. No, like I, I don't know. Eddie is a guy that I because I can sit there and talk with him, and everything that I talk with him about, he has a a story about it, and he has an opinion on it. And 34. Yeah, he told me a story, and he gave me specific dates and like who was opening for them and everything. What he told me. He told me about this one time on the Dynasty Tour in 1979. He said he was in Arkansas, and him and a friend went down to Florida, and they saw them in, like, Tampa, Miami, Jacksonville, went up, saw them in Atlanta, saw them in Birmingham, and then went back to Arkansas within a week. Five no times way. in a Dude, week. Dude, what? That is insane. Like, how is that even possible? Dude, I don't know. I'm jealous of him, but I don't know. Uh... Because I'm right there with them because it's like, if you know anything about Kiss at all, it's just like, they're just, I mean, they're old. They're in their 70s, so it's like, so I mean, it's a rock. They're pretty old. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's like a rock band, and it's like, they're trying to bring the same energy, and I think they do a good job of it for how old they are, but it's just like, it's not the same as it would have been in their prime. Are all the members still alive? Like the OGs? Are they all Yeah, all, all the originals are still alive, but only two of the originals are still in the band. Okay, um, so like, not everybody's on this tour. Uh, well, Gene and Paul are in it, and then they have Tommy and Eric, who were replacements. Um, okay. And one one of the replacements is dead, but he died in like 1990, so 
He was oh, the only wow. Yeah, so he was the only member that was ever in it that has passed away. But anyway, I had to talk about that because Kiss is my favorite band, and I just think that's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. That was really, really cool. I'm happy to hear that. I think we're both having excellent weeks, and I think the next topic we wanted to talk about was pretty, pretty cool. Um, I didn't expect it, to be honest with you. Oh, I think a lot of people not were very at shocked. All. Very, dude. very shocked. So, so oh, do you want to say it? Well, dude, I don't care. It's just crazy. Mike Trout, like he re-signed with the Angels. I don't think I wasn't expecting it until next year. But props to the Angels for keeping Mike Trout and not even letting him go to free agency. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they weren't even going to give him a chance to get out of there. Four hundred thirty million dollars over twelve years with no opt-outs. That is an insane contract. But honestly, like for someone if as good as Mike Trout, it, him. Oh yeah, I I saw something. Uh, I think it was yesterday that said. Mike Trout's contract is worth more than like eight NHL teams or something like that. No way, that's impossible. Oh wait, wait, oh wait, never mind, never mind. You said not, NHL. Not, what, okay, what, I was for a second. I thought you said MLB. I was like, there's no way. Oh no, not at all. No, but because it just goes to show you how popular baseball is. As much as like you know, people our age might not be into it as much as the older generation. But well, I don't know. Would you say it shows more how popular baseball is or how unpopular hockey is? Hockey is still crazy popular, but in I, America, I, yeah, dude, like 20, not like baseball though. Oh, of course not. Like, dude, baseball is America's pastime. It's called that for a reason. But when so I mean you would it, say it's definitely more of baseball than it is hockey. Absolutely, because it's okay. not like hockey is unpopular. I mean, even the Predators, who are a Southern team, have sold out like eighty games in a row or something like that and that's crazy because they're in a small southern market it's not like they're the maple leafs in canada you know yeah no that's true especially so, i mean especially when you're winning too that makes yeah, a big difference of course that helps but I, I think it really goes to show that baseball still has something going whether you think it's not like as much I mean, as i, I hate love to, baseball as much as i hate to say it it's not like nascar where you actually are experiencing a rather significant decline and i mean i'm not like a I'm not a diehard NASCAR fan or anything, but I do enjoy watching races and I do have favorite racers and stuff like that. So it does suck to see it does suck to see a sport like that just go down, especially when it's been going strong for so long. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good sign for baseball that all these big contracts are coming out. Oh yeah, I love it. I think it's awesome. So I mean, think about this. Mike Trout's contract is worth one fourth of like the new Raiders and Rams stadiums. That I mean, that, it just doesn't even seem like it's fair, to be honest with you. Like, that's, I mean, but like I said earlier, if there's anybody in the MLB worth that kind of money, it's him. Like, I can't put any other, I can't put that price tag on any other player. I saw something today about with, um, if you look at Mike Trout's stats at this exact point in his career and compare him to Frank Thomas, I, and mm-hmm. you know about Frank Thomas, right? Yeah, absolutely. Almost identical on offense. And the thing is, Mike Trout is a beast on defense as well, and Frank Thomas was kind of eh, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that just like he's already Hall of Fame level. I Personally, I think if he retired right now, he deserves to be in. But Oh, he definitely deserves to go to the Hall. I just, I'm worried he's never going to win in the World Series. Yeah, I mean. Like, that's guess, just me. Like, I understand. Like, if I, I understand that I'm not in the MLB. But if I was, that's, like, I just don't see myself signing with a team who I don't think I can win a championship with. You know what I mean? And, like, the Angels might win a championship. I don't know. Well, but like, listen. I just brought, don't see it right now. We brought this up three or four times 
at this mm-hmm. point, but the players have to live somewhere. And Mike Trout has been living in Anaheim for like what six, seven years now, yeah, playing he's been for this there team. A while. I mean, that's where his life is, and people don't take that into consideration. But listen, I mean, they also have uh, Shoini Otani, the pitcher. You know, mm-hmm. he was awesome last year before he got hurt. Yeah, he uh, was playing really well. Yeah, so what I mean is maybe he sees something in the future. I think they have a pretty strong farm system, too. Maybe, I mean, it's a 12-year contract, okay? He's going to be there until he's 40. Yeah, so, so this I'm, is it. This is it. Yeah, so, like, this should be, I mean, you know, he could play, like, he's Ichiro. Ichiro's 45 now and still playing. But he's got a lot of time. And for someone like Mike Trout, I think he'll keep up his play long enough to where he could hopefully be a part of something great, you know? Yeah, so real quick before we move on, I just have some random quick facts about his contract just to break it down a little bit more. Go ahead. So, um, you know, like we said, 430 mil over 12 years. So that means he's going to make $3 million per month, $60,000 per at-bat, $25,000 per inning, $4,000 an hour, and $70 a minute. (laughs) Can you imagine that, dude? Every time he goes up to the bat, he makes more than the average American does in a year. I make, I work 11-hour days over the summer, and I make like 100 bucks. <laughs> and he's making <laughs> 70 a minute. 70 a minute. Not even an hour. A minute. I mean, that is crazy, dude. Like, that just blows my mind. Man. Okay, so um, everybody knows what's going on this week. I have been looking forward to this for a really long time. It's the second best time of the year, second to only college football season. We're here, baby. March Madness. This is March. I am so ready for this. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you're ready for it, and I- I'm not one to like hate on it. Like, I-, I don't have the same opinion on it like I have on Marvel or something. It's just more of I don't really follow college basketball as closely. Which is weird because I love NBA basketball, but you're missing I, out, dude. You know, I just okay. I keep up with it, as in like I know which teams are good, and I know who the general favorites are. But I couldn't tell you like if you show me a random team. I I mean, without knowing a record, I wouldn't really know if they're good or not. That being said, I still made a bracket just to compete with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's what you should have done. I think most people, even if they don't know what they're talking about, make brackets. And you know, it's crazy. You see, I feel like a lot of people get closer to having a good bracket when they don't know what they're talking about. Oh, I definitely feel that way. I think it was, uh, I think it was my friend Jason. He said his mom made one like a while back, and she chose an 11 seed to win because she liked the name, and they won the whole thing. They won the whole thing. That that's just look. This is what my memory is telling me right now. It could be completely yeah, wrong. I don't think, but I get yeah, what you're that's saying. That's not right. Yeah, that's not right. And eleven seeds never won the championship. Oof. Ever. And you know what else has never happened? No one has ever made a perfect bracket ever. I mean, ever. I'd, it's never. It's not gonna... Actually, actually, I have something crazy. Okay, so Trey. Okay. Did you know? If I pick one grain of sand anywhere on Earth and I ask you to go out on planet Earth and to pick, you get one chance to pick the same grain of sand that I picked, did you know your odds of picking that same grain of sand is 23% better than creating a perfect bracket? 
I don't believe that, man. That's true. No, it's true. No way. It's the math. There is 9.2 quintillion varieties of brackets. There's 9.2 quintillion ways it could work out. That is a fact. I don't don't even understand how you can come up with that number. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's because I believe everything I read on the internet. No, 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 no. Not you. I mean, like, I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand how that's even possible. You see what I mean? Like, no, I no, I know it blew my mind. I saw it on a YouTube video, and I was like, okay, I've got to talk about this. Like, how insane is that? Like, and I, I obviously, I'm not a mathematician. I'm not going to sit down and break down the math for you. But the guy did the math on the video. I can't even, I can't even give credit to the guy because I don't remember what his channel was, and I don't even know Boo if it's right you. or not. But I know, gosh, dude, it was insane. I was like, there's no way. 23% better than creating a perfect bracket you are to pick the same gra- one grain, one grain of sand that I picked. You hear it every year, right, about how no, crazy no, it is? Never, I mean, it's never going to happen. If it ever did, like, like, I think we've peaked as a, as a society. Oh, yeah, what we're else? not going up. There's no way. What's left for us to do, okay? Literally nothing. There's nothing else that we can do. I mean, we've got a celebrity in the Oval Office right now the only thing we can do left is create a perfect bracket. So, yeah, let's move on to these brackets, man, because I'm eager to hear what yours has to say, and then I'll give my uninformed take about it. Okay, you want you want me to go first? Actually, that's a good idea. Let me go first, and then you can tell yeah. me why I'm wrong, okay? Okay, well, I mean, like, just to say, before I tell you that you're wrong, there's literally no telling if you're wrong or not, because I can't see the future, and most likely you might be right. Okay, so for what I chose... I- you know, having an uninformed take, I just, you know, most of the ones I went with were the favored. Yeah, start uh, at your Elite Eight. That We don't have time for the whole 64 bracket. Start at your Elite Oh, of eight. course not. I just want to mention my only upset type that I had was Villanova over Tennessee in the Sweet 16. That Villanova was my... Over, okay, that, I'm okay with that. I'm definitely yeah. okay with that. Yeah, that seemed like the most, like, I don't know. I just, Tennessee to me kind of had a weak strength of schedule from everything that I've seen. Um... And I did watch their game against Vanderbilt, and that was a pretty sad performance considering Vanderbilt didn't win one SEC game this year. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I think you're wrong about that one later if you'd like me to. Okay, that's fine. Let's, uh, but I'm going to move on to my Elite Eight real quick. Um, so I had Duke and Michigan State there, the one and the two. Obviously, I had Duke moving on, and they were my pick to win it all. Okay. Uh, and then I had Gonzaga and Texas Tech. And I picked Gonzaga only because UNA played them this year. So uh, we got slaughtered. And that's all I have to say about that. And then uh, Virginia and Villanova, because I had that upside pick. I still, I, I really considered picking Villanova over Virginia here, but I just couldn't do it. So, because I'm really pulling for Virginia to prove me wrong this year because I picked them to win it last year and they lost <laughs> in yeah. the first round. So, yeah, no, I think a lot of people are very scared about Virginia. Yeah. And then I had North Carolina over Kentucky to move on. And oh wait, so your final four is all number one seeds? Yeah, and I didn't mean for it to plan out that way. I just I kept looking at every matchup, and I was like, I just can't warrant putting this team over another. But anyway, and then I had Duke and North Carolina in the final in the championship game, and I was like, how perfect would that be? Like I, okay. I pull I pull for that every year. Oh yeah, okay. So I was gonna say, you know, my bracket does not have Duke or or my bracket does have Duke in the national championship. Um, I don't have them winning. Um, but okay. if I could pick a perfect national championship that I would want to see, it would definitely be 
uh, Duke and North Carolina. I wouldn't even care who won, even though I'd probably root for Duke. Um, just because I think it'd be awesome because, you know, North Carolina won the two regular season games without Zion. Yes. And then ACC tournament, Duke won when Zion came back. So I would love to see them even it out in the championship. Like the state of North Carolina would implode. Oh, I know. And that is one rivalry that I do know about because I did follow Duke one season when they had Jalil Okafor and oh, Tyus yeah. Jones. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I was a big fan of those players in that team. So I understand that rivalry at least. That would, I mean, the East Coast would burn down. I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. Okay, so let me get to what you were talking about. Okay, so you said all number one seeds in the um, Final Four. Now let me tell you why I think you're wrong about that. And you might be right. Like a little, I'm just saying this because I, I like to go off. Like uh, If you follow us on Instagram, at Couch Takes, you, we posted a picture of myself uh, going through, and I had all these papers around me. I was on my phone. I was on the laptop. Oh. Like I was literally doing this. Like oh, that wasn't take a it, joke. Yeah, you take it pretty seriously. I just downloaded yes, the app. Yeah. And <laughs> no, I take it very Like I was like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, that was funny. You were trying to flex with the computer and all this kind of stuff. I was like, no. I legit was sitting there doing that math, and you know they took a picture of me doing that because they thought it was funny. So, anyway, the reason I think you're wrong about the um, number one seeds is because it's only ever happened one time in the history of the tournament that all number one seeds made it. Right. 2008, when Kansas won the championship. That's the only time. It was Kansas, North Carolina, UCLA, and Memphis, and Kansas beat Memphis in the championship game. Speaking of that which, was I, the one I did Mario have Kansas. Chalmers. I did have Kansas over Auburn in uh, in my okay. bracket earlier. I felt like okay, that was. I'm a, okay with that. I think that was one of the toughest games for a lot of people to pick. Is the hypothetical Auburn Kansas game? I just think I Kansas think that's one is, of the hardest ones. I think Kansas has the edge in coaching. Yeah, I was literally going to say the same thing. I think if it does happen, I think um, I think that'll be what it really sets it apart is coaching I think Bruce Pearl is a great coach I mean look where he's taking Auburn they're a good team I hate to say it they really are but KU has Bill Self Hall of Famer I mean come on now okay I think that's so, really what's going to set it apart okay so going back a little bit uh who'd you have in your final four then well actually first off I want to talk about some of the upsets I have Go for so it. starting starting off every single year either one or two 12 seeds beats a five seed Every year. Okay? So, right now, I was really struggling. Do I want Liberty over Mississippi State? And I decided, no, I think I'm going to go Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State's going to win that game. So, one of the ones, a matter of fact, I might have only picked one. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah, I picked, this is going to blow people's minds, but I have a reason behind it, okay? Okay. New Mexico State beats Auburn in the first round. I mean, now why? And I understand. Now I understand. You know, a lot of people are like, "Dude, you're freaking insane." There's no way. Okay, there was no way UMBC was going to beat Virginia last year in the first round either. All right. Okay. Now, and I've seen New Mexico State play a good team, and you know who they played? They played Kansas, at Kansas, and they only lost by three. Kansas is probably, if not the toughest. you know, second or third toughest place to play in the country in basketball. I'll give you that one because that's the same thing I said about Tennessee, you know, losing to Villanova because mm-hmm. they played bad against the bad team, and you're saying that New Mexico State played good against a good team. Yeah, and it's not like their record sucks. They're 30-4. and four. Yeah, and I know Kansas isn't a 
isn't a one seed this year, but New Mexico State did go on the road to play them. So you got to give them that. So I understand your reasoning there. Auburn did win the SEC, though, so what do you have to say about that? Um, well, Auburn sort of won the SEC. They won the SEC tournament. Well, that's what the I mean. Regular season yeah. counts more. Um, I think what a lot of – well, I think this is true. I th- I've heard a lot of people say, really, Tennessee's championship game was Kentucky. And I'm not trying to discredit Auburn by saying that because I think Auburn should be proud of what they did. That is a huge win to do that. But I don't think Tennessee was all in. I really don't. Now – I still think Tennessee's the better basketball team. And I'm not like completely sold Auburn's going to lose in the first round, but 12 seeds beat a five seed every single year. And that was the one I wanted to pick because I don't see, I think the second likeliest one is Oregon over Wisconsin, but I really, really like Wisconsin. And you're going to find that out later. Yeah, I had Wisconsin going pretty far in mine. Yes, I, think I, I had love them. Wisconsin. Their big men are so good. They play great D, they don't score a ton. But they don't have to because they hold other teams really low. So, I want to take a step back for a second at a team okay. that's not in the tournament. To my, I haven't even gotten to my tournament yet. Or my oh, bracket. yeah. So, just real quick, since we were talking about the SEC, what went okay. wrong with Alabama this year, man? What went wrong with Alabama? Um, I hate just, to say it, but I think coaching. Um, I'm not 100% sure... I don't know. It, it just didn't seem like the team was all there. It was one of those things where, like, if they didn't score on the fast break, they weren't going to score. You know what I mean? And unless, yeah. unless John Petty was hitting ungodly three numbers, we weren't scoring. Unless Kyra Lewis could, you know, drive in the paint, and that's it, we're not scoring. And that was so frustrating to watch. But, you know, I am disappointed that the team didn't make the tournament. But at the same time, I mean, there's not a lot you can say with their record. What, they were 18-15. and 15. I mean, it's I understand their strength of schedule looked a lot better than other teams that did make the tournament. But um, still, I mean, it was yeah. one of those things where I can't really complain as much because we did it to ourselves as well. Yeah, I think I think our men's team, this was our first year in Division One, UNA. Mm-hmm. I, I think our men's team only yeah, won like 11 or 12. Eligible. No, we're not. But I think our men's team only won like eleven or twelve games. Um, but we got a brand new head coach, and he just cleared out the roster when he got here. Like only two players from this year were on the roster last year. Dang, it was not not very fun to watch yeah. at all. And I worked there, so I had to be for every home game. And I don't know. I did see him play Liberty. You know, your team. You were thinking about mm-hmm. beating State. Yeah, it's. Mississippi, not Michigan. Yeah, see, and I thought the same thing because Liberty is one of those teams I've seen play. But with <laughs> Liberty, 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 hilarious. No, but anyway, uh, okay. I, like I thought that Liberty, I think they played down to their opponent when they came to Florence to play UNA. So I was like, I, I just, I think Mississippi State's gonna wipe the floor with them. So anyway, okay. we we got I'm off. Okay with that. Uh, let give me your elite eight. Okay, so my elite eight. So, kind of starting at my Sweet 16 to show you how I got to my Elite Eight, you know, you were talking about you have Tennessee over Villanova, uh, or excuse me, you have Villanova over Tennessee. Right. I have the opposite. I have Tennessee over Villanova, and the reason I did that was because, like I said, you know, I look in history, I look at what's happened, and very rarely does the defending national champ make it out of the Sweet 16. 
I don't remember what the exact number was, but like I looked at the past 20 national champions, and it only happened a few times. Talk about a slump. That's kind of weird. Yeah, no, it's really weird. And there's only been, uh, I want to say there was only been three back-to-back national champions ever. Back at, at Florida, um, was it, shoot, I forgot who it was. It was Florida and then someone else. You look it up for me while I'm doing this, if you will. So, right Wait, now what, I'm not, what, what do you need me to look up? Uh, who were the teams that have gone back-to-back in the tourney? Besides, and I know UCLA has Got done it. it too, but I'm talking since 1990. Okay. So, right now, my Elite Eight is Wisconsin, Tennessee, UNC, Kentucky, FSU, Michigan, Duke, and Michigan State. So Yeah, the only one that surprises me there is FSU. FSU. Okay, yeah, I'll get to that one. Okay, so like I told you, very rarely does the defending national champion get out of the Sweet 16. So, I have Tennessee beating Villanova, and that was the main reason I did that, even though I do think... You know, I think Villanova's a great basketball team, and I think Tennessee's a great basketball team, and it'll probably be a good game if it does happen. But I think that's really – I believe in history, and I think history usually repeats itself in this tournament. So I have that. Uh, Wisconsin over Virginia, I have them go into the Elite Eight, Wisconsin. Um, I think that'll be another really, really close game. Both teams, great, pass the ball. They love, uh, but Virginia likes to shoot. Wisconsin likes to use their big men, and I think Wisconsin's going to win. Uh, UNC and Kentucky. This one was really, really tough for me to pick to go. Oh, that into wasn't the tough f- for me at all. <laughs> well, for me to pick and to go into the Final Four. So I looked it up, and I was reading their team stats. What is it about these teams? What's going to separate them? I was looking for that thing that will separate them because I think they're both incredible basketball teams. And I think any other year, if they didn't have to play each other, they could easily make the Final Four. So I picked Kentucky. And the reason why I picked Kentucky to beat UNC is because if you look at their shooting numbers, they're almost identical, like almost to the tenth, like identical on their shooting numbers. But, ten, or not Tennessee, Kentucky – uh, defends much better. Their defense is much better. They hold opponents to 65.4 points per game, wow. and UNC holds their opponents to 72.9 points per game. That's not that that's a not that that's like a massive margin, but I think that's significant. Well, seven, and I think I mean, that's seven be the points difference. is pretty. When you're talking about averages, that's pretty big. Yeah, I think um, that's going to make the difference. So by their the shooting way, numbers are almost completely identical. Yeah, I just wanted to go back for a second. I looked up what you were asking about. Okay, the, tell me uh, what you got. Since 1990, the only teams to go back-to-back national champions was Florida in 2006-2007 yeah. and Duke in 91-92. Okay, yeah, see, I thought it was Duke, but I couldn't remember for sure. So, anyway, I, that's why I picked Kentucky over UNC to go to the Final Four. And then I picked Tennessee, or I picked Wisconsin over Tennessee because, again, I think that'll be really, really similar to the Wisconsin-Virginia game. Tennessee loves to shoot. Wisconsin loves to use their big men. I think Wisconsin's going to win on the board. They're going to play defense, and I think they're really going to get that stop. So I have Duke going to the Final Four. Obviously, I think Zion makes all the difference. I think Michigan State's an incredible basketball team, and if they didn't have to play Duke, I think they'd have a great chance of also making the Final Four. But I have Duke going to the Final Four. And then FSU. So I picked FSU because – Really, one main reason, this team has that it factor to me. They are very looked over because, dude, they finished fourth in a stacked ACC. The only teams that finished ahead of them in the ACC <laughs> were th- were number one seeds. 
Yeah, that's they true. were all three number one seeds: Virginia, Duke, and UNC. Those were the only three teams that finished over them, and it wasn't like they finished over them by mar- large margin. It was close. So I really love FSU. They're incredible. They can shoot the ball well, and I think they'll beat Michigan. So going into this, I have Duke playing Kentucky in the national championship game, and this was super, super, super hard for me to pick the winner on this one, okay? So I haven't even told – so I picked – well, I don't want to tell you who I picked yet. So I have some crazy things to tell you. So this Final Four is in Minneapolis this year, right? Right. Two other times in history, the Final Four has been Minneapolis. I know one of them was when uh, Christian Leitner played for Duke in the yep. 90s for one of those. Okay. Yep. The other one was in 2001. Okay. Do you know who won in 2001? No idea. It was also Duke. So, <laughs> Duke has won the two championship games that were in Minneapolis, the only other two. But, but... This team is only shooting 30% from the three, okay? Yeah, I did see that some pretty poor. And so if they make it to the fin- if they make it to the final four, they'll be the first team ever with that bad of a three-point shooting percentage to make it to the final four. Now, I have faith in this team and it's mostly cuz of Zion and RJ Barrett. I think they're both great players and I think they will carry them to the championship game, but I think Kentucky's incredible defense and their play on the ball and their shooting will get them the win Kentucky, I really do I think that, it'll be I think it'll be incredibly close and I mean honestly I'm nervous about it because I do think Kentucky or I do think Duke is incredible like they're probably they deserve the number one overall seed for sure but the shooting scares me um I don't think Zion's going to get hurt so I don't know why anyone would be really that worried about that I don't foresee that happening you know that'll just be a random thing if it does but I really, really love Kentucky this year. Their defense is the game changer, in my opinion. And Duke's shooting from beyond the arc just scares me too much. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to enlighten me into your expert analysis. Uh, because honestly, like I said, I'm not super educated in this. And most of mine were blind guesses. But I think your logic is pretty sound. I don't know about Kentucky winning at all. I don't even know about them making it to the Final Four. But your point about the defense is a good one, so I'll give you a pass on that one. It sounds like a decent bracket. However, I hope I wipe the floor with you, okay? Oh, you might. And I'm also going to put in the um, app about um, – I'm going to make it on the app so that way the app will keep up with me. But I'm also – I'm going to post a picture. I have I have it written out. I have the date on it. It's I has my signature on it, and I'm going to post it on Instagram. I'm going to get Trey to do the same thing. And then um, I'll post it on Instagram. Y'all can look at our brackets, compare if you want to see what we have going on. And then you can also, you know, hey, I might be the first person to ever make a perfect bracket. Highly doubt it, but you have the opportunity every year. Everyone knows it. So if you want to compare, if you want to copy me, whatever, just know that I did it first. (laughs) Also, I am excited to see how well Trey's goes because, you know, like I said, I do feel like he might do better than me just because he – you know, doesn't keep up with it as much as I do, and usually hey. those are the people who do better. Yeah, sometimes the uneducated picks are the people that get the furthest. Yeah, don't so, know why, but, but sometimes it's like that. So one thing I will say though, I am nervous about because I talked about how all my other one seeds lose: Virginia losing to Wisconsin, uh, UNC losing Kentucky, and then um, Duke losing to Kentucky. But I didn't talk about where Gonzaga went. 
And I have Gonzaga losing to Syracuse in the second round. I'm not sold on Gonzaga, and I love Jim Beheim. I think Jim Beheim knows what he's doing, and I don't think it really matters that Syracuse is an eight seed. I think they beat Gonzaga in the uh, second round, round of 32. Yeah, I, I thought about it as a, like a major upset to put. It's just another one of those I couldn't pull the trigger on because I didn't know enough about it. So, so hey, Also, crazy stat for real. 56% chance that the national champion, according to BPI, is going to come out of the ACC. That 56%. Is, yeah, I mean, that sound, that's understandable to me. It's the best conference in basketball. Absolutely. I agree. I don't, know any, I don't know why anyone wants to say it's the Big 12. I think the Big 12 is a little overrated. Yeah, um, I mean, look, no disrespect to Kansas State, and actually props to them for winning the Big 12 this year and breaking the Kansas streak. But if Big 12 – if, if uh, if Kansas State is the best you have to offer, then I think it's pretty easy to say that the ACC is better, you know? Absolutely. ACC is definitely the best conference in basketball, without a doubt. All right, man. Um, well, I think we had a pretty good discussion today. Um, one thing I didn't want to go back to that I, I forgot to mention earlier, you, when we were talking about trailers, did you see that the mm-hmm. Stranger Things 3 trailer came out today? No, I did not. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. They, I think it was it was either this morning or late last night that they dropped it. And Dude, oh my gosh, I love Stranger Things. Really, I didn't know that. Yes, I love that show. So, I, I mean, I don't want to give anything away because obviously you can watch it and it's a trailer, so it's not like I'm giving away too much. But, you know, it just starts out with, like, Dustin is, like, coming back from somewhere. Like, he's been away for a while. And Really? Okay. Wait, yeah. so is, are they like, do they look older? I haven't even watched it. I didn't know this yeah, came out. I think this is supposed to be a few years later, and this also takes place in the summer rather than like around October like it normally does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the first episode is based on July 4th, and that's also when the episode comes out, you know? Yeah, say so, the season comes out July 4th, so that'll be really cool. Yeah, so anyway, it just starts out like, like pretty normal. Like Dustin comes back, everyone's all happy, and like uh, Elle is there. Uh, I didn't notice a lot of Will, and, and what they did show him, he looked like crazy, like absolutely crazy, like something really? was wrong. Yeah, like something was wrong with him. Because I mean, you remember how the last season ended, right? With uh, him. I mean, it's been a while, but I don't when, remember how. Like, I'll probably go back and watch it. Yeah, you remember how like they uh, like liberate the demon thing from him, and oh, uh, yes, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, keep going. Yeah, and then he like throws him in the sink or whatever, and then the season ends. Yes, okay, now I know what yeah, you're talking about. So now okay. I'm wondering, like, if, is he having lasting effects from this or whatever? But anyway, he's, he's showing, be. yeah, and it's showing, like, this shadow the whole time or whatever. And eventually I'm like, what is this? It shows, like, some creature, and it's in the world, like, like the portal wasn't closed or something. But mm-hmm. it, like, it doesn't even look like a Demogorgon. It's, like, this huge... Have you seen that episode of SpongeBob where at the end they all get merged together and they're on the <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they're on like the psychiatrist uh couch. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what it looked like. It was horrifying. Dude, we're 20-year-olds talking about SpongeBob. That's my favorite show. I'll fight anyone. <laughs> no, I know, dude. I love SpongeBob. SpongeBob is so good. Yeah, so anyway, I thought you, you know, might want to hear about that. So definitely go yeah, check dude, it out if you haven't seen cool. it. That's super cool. Okay, wait. Real quick before we go, name your favorite TV show. 3 okay. Two, one. Game the of Office. Thrones. Oh my gosh! Ah, I thought you were for sure gonna say The Office. Well, I mean, at one you point you have a Dwight Schrute bobblehead. Yeah. Okay. You listen. have the it, world's best boss coffee mug. Yeah. The, okay. 
first of all, my dad owns the bobblehead. Second of all, the mug was a oh, gift. My bad. I thought and the coffee head. Or I thought the coffee head. I thought the bobblehead was uh, yours, and the coffee mug was your dad's. Nope, vice versa. And the coffee okay. mug was a gift. But anyway, at one point I would have said it because yeah, I've probably seen the series like eight times collectively, just throwing Absolutely. it on in the background. Oh, it's so good. But I mean, just just lately, like I got into Game of Thrones last year, and I and I, I, I'm not trying to jump on the bandwagon and be like it's the greatest show of all time. You gotta watch it. Whatever. I mean, I. It's personally my favorite show that I've ever seen, but that's also just because I'm super into like the fantasy genre that's mainstream, I guess, right now, like Skyrim and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. That's like my geek thing. I just I, that that type of stuff just resonates with me. So it, it's fun to see a TV show like that. And I don't know, man. I just love a good story, and it's I say it's got one of the best. It's probably got the best story I've seen since Breaking Bad. See, uh, I did like I did watch Breaking Bad. I thought Breaking Bad was pretty good. Brian Cranston did a great job in that. Oh, one, knocked it out of the park. So I have seen the first two seasons of Game of Thrones, and people are gonna like freak out when I say this, but like I just couldn't, like I couldn't hold on to it. I couldn't keep watching it. Like it's so much. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to freak out, but that is kind of strange to me because it's like I, I feel I like most people so bad. I see, really do. Here's what I've heard from a lot of people: is like they'll try it and they'll watch like the first two or three episodes. Like I just can't get into it. But it's like there's so many people that you have to learn in the first few episodes that I get the turnoff because there's so much to retain. But it's like once you get to the end of like two seasons, once you get to the end of the first season, I don't see how you stop watching. It's just like there's so much. Like th- that's all I can say. And it just to me, it was just it was hooked. You know. Yeah, no, I get you that. Okay, so I think I just came up with a couple good episode names for this. <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking either Bears Beats March Madness or Dragons Taxes in March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> you are really obsessed with this March Madness thing, man. Oh, uh, dude, I can't wait. I, it starts today. Well, the w- the day we release the episode, it starts today. The actual bracket, not the play-in games. Right. I'm. I mean, I've seen some of the play-in games. I have Belmont going to the uh, to the third rounds. People are gonna freak out on that one, but uh, you'll see my bracket when I post it on Instagram later. I'll have to get Trey to do his too. At Couch Takes, go follow us. Well, anyway, I think uh, this is another good episode for us. Uh, thanks, everyone, if you made it this far for listening. And uh, as Andrew said, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Couch Takes or on Twitter at Couch underscore Takes. Uh, Andrew, you got anything you want to say? Yeah, just thank you so much for listening. Uh, definitely, if you copy my bracket, give me credit for it because it's probably the best bracket you can get out there. And uh, I'm going to be Trey. And thank you for listening. God bless. All right, see y'all.